when I think about technology, when I think about anything, where I want to start is, well, is it helpful? And why is it helpful? Or is it is it destroying an aspect of your life? And why is it doing that? You're listening to Absurdity with Ryan Becker, the podcast where we embrace the absurdity of everything. From here, we can move conversations forward by learning how to communicate effectively, listen intently, and love patiently. Welcome to Absurdity. Hey guys, Absurdity is back, and yes, you heard correctly, we actually have an official Absurdity intro, and I want to thank Justin Janetsko for creating the track from scratch that we uh, now have as our official Absurdity background music for our intro, for any transitions, anything like that, you're going to hear that track. So I hope you like it. Uh, Super excited to have it as uh, a part of the Absurdity and, and, and make it more official. And also, if you haven't checked it out, our website has been updated. We have a new logo, we have a new website design, and uh, we also have a new podcast host. So if you experience any technical difficulties with the podcast, uh, that's probably just because we're having some issues as we merge or or, or migrate all of the prior episodes to the new host. But really excited to have Absurdity going again this time. Uh, we will not be back in seasons. I know that we had season one and season two. That's not going to happen anymore. Uh, my goal is to release this uh, episode or release this episode and all all following episodes, just one after another. And so it'll be week after week, every every single week. We're hoping to have a new episode out uh, today. We have Justin Janetsko, the man who created our intro track. Uh, he is going to be on to talk about technology, specifically our screen time technology, like phones, computers, TVs, that kind of thing, uh, and how we can be uh, better stewards of that technology. Uh, and, you know, th- I think this is a needed conversation. I think it's one that we don't have enough. I think it is something that is incredibly valuable. As as we talk about some of these topics on absurdity, sometimes it may feel like it's absurd to even have to have these conversations, uh, or it may be absurd, like, why are we questioning this? And I think it's important to question pretty much everything uh, and, and to go down a path of saying, is this something that is actually beneficial for me? Is this something that is good for me? So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation with us, uh, with, with Justin, and as we, as we try to navigate these waters. And here's what I do want to mention to you. Neither of us are trying to downplay the significance of technology. We're not trying to harp on anyone for misusing it or, or get on anyone's case. While I do think there's a, while I do think it's important to call each other to accountability, I'm not trying to say that parents have been parenting wrong, or Justin is not trying to say that that we should just get rid of technology altogether. That is not at all what we're trying to do. We are trying to just ask the question of how can we use technology better in our lives. That's really what we're doing, and so. I found value in technology. Everything I do kind of revolves around technology. I record this podcast with technology. I handle all of my business through my computer and my phone. I write all of my sermons through Google Docs. Like technology has been a significant part of my life. And sometimes you, I, I've, I, I've really actually recently been faced with the question of, is that actually a good thing? And how much of a good thing is it? It doesn't just stop at, is this a good or a bad thing? But beyond that, why and in what ways. And so that's kind of what we try to investigate 
on uh, on this episode talking about screen time technology, and we're going to get to that here shortly. But I just want to thank you guys for listening to Absurdity. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting up to this point. And I do want to let you know of one more big change that we've made. I have released a Patreon account for Absurdity. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is basically, um, think of it like a sustained Kickstarter. So you can contribute monthly to uh, any sort of service that you want, any sort of content creators that you want that have a Patreon account. You can contribute monthly any amount that you choose uh, to support your content creators, to support those that are uh, creating content that you enjoy taking in. I've been very passionate about this. I know that we've only released about 15 to 16 episodes up to the time of this recording, but I've spent probably about $1,000 or more in, in just investing into this podcast. And that number only increases because there are monthly costs involved with creating this and making this happen. So hosting the website, hosting, uh, hosting the media files, uh, subscription services to the software that I use like Adobe. So I, I would appreciate any help that you can give if you want to just support the podcast by becoming a patron, uh, by becoming a Patreon subscriber. I would appreciate it. Uh, there's uh, options on there for a dollar, for two dollars, for five dollars, and I think for ten dollars. Uh, a month. These are monthly charges that go through PayPal, I think, um, or just can be drawn straight from your credit card. And I will say all Patreon subscribers will get content a week before uh, it releases. So um, you'll get episodes a week before they're meant to actually release. I always pre-record these episodes and release them at a later time. So uh, you will get episodes a week in advance if you become a Patreon subscriber. And otherwise, you'll get my thanks. And I will be coming up with some actual Patreon-specific content and things like t-shirts and, and maybe some other things that we'll release for patrons. But um, for now, I'm just asking, look, if you want to, if you've enjoyed this content and you want to support me and, and make this something that I can continue to do, I would really appreciate any support that you can throw my way. I'm not going to beg for money. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, grovel and, and ask for it. I'm just going to say, Hey, look, if you really enjoy this content and you think it's worth a dollar, if you think it's worth $2, if you think it's worth $10, I don't care what you think it's worth, but if you're willing to support me in making this podcast happen, that would be awesome. All of the money goes back into this podcast that you give to me. It goes to covering all of the hosting costs per month, and so um, that I'm covering out of pocket right now. So this isn't something that I get any funding from. There are no advertisements. There's nothing like that. I'm just trying to do this because I think it's important to do, and I would appreciate any help that comes with that. If no one subscribes, if no one if no one becomes a patron, no big deal, no harm done. I'll continue making the podcast. Uh, this is just a way to make that to to ease that burden just a little bit um, on myself. But I just want to thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, I do hope that you enjoy all the new content that's coming with Absurdity. We have some great guests lined up in the next few episodes, and I'm really excited for you to hear what I've been working on, what we've been working on. Uh, and and what continues, what will continue to grow with absurdity. I'm looking forward to creating more content, to having more available to you, and and hopefully making absurdity something that pushes conversation uh, forward and that teaches us how to love better, love more intently, to communicate more effectively, and, and and to be more patient. So, just thank you so much for being on this journey with me as I try to navigate some of this stuff. And yeah, we don't always have the answers. And yeah, sometimes you may get mad listening to this podcast. Sometimes you may get upset. Sometimes you may get sad. I don't know what it may be, but I do hope that whatever you feel when you leave this podcast, that ultimately, if you've been challenged, you've been challenged positively to rethink things, to maybe make some life changes that are that will be positive for your life. I know as a result of just the conversation you're about to hear between Justin and myself that... Um, 
I'm going to make some big changes. I know I mentioned it in the episode. I'm going to be uh, buying a, an actual alarm clock and, and trying to get my cell phone out of my room a bit more. And um, I'm going to try and, you know, I think another thing I'm going to be doing is uh, taking about an hour a day just to read books, actual books, not any physical or not any, you know, digital books, but just getting away from an actual screen and trying to break that habit and leave my phone in another room. So um, I know that I've got some positive changes I need to make in my life to, to make things better. And, and I hope that, that you might um, be able to ask yourself some of these questions that we ask in this episode and, and apply them to your own life as well. So thanks so much for listening to Absurdity, guys. Really appreciate you. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan180Becker. You can find me on the Absurdity website, or Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever it is. Um, but you can go ahead and, and tweet uh, at Ryan180Becker and I'll respond usually pretty quickly. If you have anything that you want to, uh, any suggestions for the podcast, anything, or maybe you want to come on as a guest, you can email me, ryan180becker at gmail.com. Happy to uh, have any kind of conversations and dialogues about any of these topics. Maybe you have a conflicting point of view. Maybe you have something that you want to challenge, and that's fine too. I'm happy to have anyone on the cast that wants to be, uh, that has something to say, and, and, and I can give a platform and a voice to um, as long obviously is it's respectful and, and, and something that is uh, done hopefully for the betterment of society, the betterment of each other. So just so you know, long-term wise, we're going to be at releasing episodes week after week, uh, probably every Tuesday or every Thursday. I haven't fully decided at the time of recording this, but um, it'll be every single week, hopefully. And looking forward to seeing what absurdity continues to do in, in my life and in, in your life as well. So enjoy this conversation with Justin a good friend of mine that I've known. He was a teacher when I was in high school at Forest Lake Academy, and we became friends after that. Now I just love working with the guy. I love talking with him, and um, I'm just so, so excited to have him as a part of Absurdity now, officially, in every single episode through the intro music that you've heard and all of the transition music you'll hear as well. So take care, guys. Enjoy this, this episode of Absurdity about screen time technology with Justin Janetsko. Hey guys, I am here with a really, really good friend of mine, Justin Janetsko. Justin, I'm so excited to have you on the cast. Thank you so much. I know this has been months in the making. Um, so, you know, if you if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? What do you do? That kind of thing. Yeah, man. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this ever since we conceived this idea at Spring Valley Academy. And I guess I can start there. I'm the chaplain at Spring Valley Academy which means that I run the campus ministries program there. I teach some of the various Bible classes, including senior Bible and, and the sophomore Bible class as well. And I'm also teaching some electives that are really cool. I have a music production class where we learn how to write songs from scratch, which a lot of the kids are really into. And then we have a biblical preaching class too, where the kids can learn how to do some expository preaching. So, you know, it's been going really well, and I've really been enjoying myself there with those classes and with the Campus Ministries program. I'm in my... You're, you're back home, right? Yeah, I'm in Dayton, Ohio. Like, yeah, and that's home for you. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. I actually went to Spring Valley Academy, kindergarten through 12th grade, and I'm back there. I graduated in the year 2000, <laughs> and yeah, it's kind awesome. of full circle. It's uh, it's a little weird sometimes to think about it, but I really enjoy the community. I really enjoy the school. The the, the churches here are, are awesome as well. The people are great. 
So it's a it's a great place for me to be right now. Great. That's really cool. Um, so um, what else, anything else that you want to you want to tell us about yourself or, or anything you want to add? Yeah, I was just going to add because I think it's pretty relevant actually to our conversation today. I'm in my 12th year of teaching. This is my 12th year currently. So I've been doing it for a little while. And uh, all those 12 years have been in the Avenue school systems. I've been around from Forest Lake Academy where I met you, Ryan. So, yeah, I know. A little bit different back then, but it's all good. You turned out okay. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> More I appreciate less. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take it or leave it. <laughs> but yeah, Force Lake Academy, I was there for a while. Atlanta Adventist Academy. Uh, it's, it's been pretty crazy because in, in those 12 years, I've actually gotten to teach in, in both a traditional classroom where it's just like you and the kids. And then I've gotten to teach in a strictly connected classroom where it's you sitting in a room by yourself with a computer connected to other sites across, I mean, even America, where I, I teach from home and, and I can interact with those kids through basically webcam. And, and that's been really, was a really interesting experience. And then I got to do both of those things together in what I, I call it a hybrid classroom where you've got kids sitting there in front of you, but you also have kids that are joining from multiple sites across, again, across the nation. So, you know, it, I've had a pretty diverse teaching experience in those 12 years. And like I said, I, I think it, it, it has helped brought, bring to light some of the things that we'll be talking about a little bit today. And in fact, I feel somewhat qualified to talk about this just because of those experiences that I've had. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, and I think this is, to be honest, I mean, even if you weren't, even if I didn't feel you were qualified, let's say, to speak authoritatively yeah, right. on it. Um, I think this is something that that needs to be talked about more by everyone, um, yeah. and I don't I don't even think it should be limited by if you're qualified necessarily or not. But this is something right. that you have interacted with a lot. It's something that affects your job pretty much every day too. Um, Absolutely affects everything from home life to work. So um, I think mm-hmm. this is definitely relevant and and a conversation that needs to happen more. Um, so if you could. Um, go ahead and, and set the stage for, for us on, on, I guess, on this topic of technology, of our use of it, of our handling of it, um, and, and why you think this is so important. So I am a product of the Seventh-day Adventist school systems, right? Like I said, I went to Spring Valley Academy kindergarten through 12th grade. I went to Southern for five years, super senior. And then I, as soon as I graduated, I went right back to schools and started teaching. And so this has kind of been my life. This has been my perspective. And it's been really interesting to see how things have shifted, how things have changed for better and for worse. And one of the things that I have noticed, and and I feel, I mean, I'm even going to go ahead and say, I feel blessed to have witnessed such a strong, how do I say this? I guess a, a rise in, in technology use just in, in our society. I mean, it's, it's incredible the technology that I had when I first started at, at Spring Valley Academy as a kindergartner to what these kids have today. Like it's, it's a mm. shocking discrepancy for sure. So different, so very different. We got, we got some technology so quickly and I've been able to see how we have integrated that within our Seventh-day Adventist school systems, starting with my experience and now 
as I'm teaching these kids at, at Spring Valley, I, I get to also notice that. And, you know, so I guess you could say I've been on the front lines of technology integration in our schools. And like I mentioned before, I've, I've seen a lot of the effect and that's both good and bad that, that we have essentially reaped from bringing, and I'm, I'm talking here specifically the screen time technology, Ryan. I yeah. mean, we could, technology, that's a very vague word, really, you know, a, a wheel is technology, right? Yeah. The microwave is technology. That's not really what I'm referring to. I'm referring to more of the screen type technology, the stuff you're going to find on your phone or your television or your iPad or, or whatever that stuff may be. So as I've been able to witness this, this technological growth and the integration of that, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused on some things because as, as I have been a, a lifer for the Seventh-day Adventist church, one of the things that I know our church talks a lot about is how not only do we need to be, but we are in fact different from the rest mm -hmm. of the world. And, and, and the world, that's kind of a term that I hesitate to use. <laughs> I feel like it means something different to everybody. Everybody comes into the conversation just like, oh yeah, the world that we got to be different from the world. And and I have no clue what that means. Yeah, it's this vague yeah. statement that marks everyone else as the en as the enemy, right? It's the world is anyone Absolutely. I don't know, or or you know, that guy across the street where he could also be a believer. Uh <laughs> it could, you know, the world is just everyone else. It's yeah. I, I mean, maybe for the sake of this conversation, when I use the term world. Here, here's what I'm referring to, really. Uh, it's like harmful behavior that is not helpful and we'll say not focused on love for God and, and love for others. Why okay. do we say that? Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> okay, so, so we'll move forward with, I guess, that definition when we talk about the world or worldliness. Yeah, yeah. It's the stuff, stuff that just doesn't bring any benefit to your life or to the lives of other people, right? Okay. Whether somebody thinks it's it's right or wrong – who cares? Is it good or is it bad? Right. That's, that's what I really want to focus on with this conversation. Okay. So that being said, we talk a lot about the world. The world is bad. The world is bad, but I've seen, we're involved in a lot of really bad stuff, <laughs> stuff that is in fact bad for us. And, and, but we, we don't really, we don't really highlight that. Right. It's so easy to highlight the way somebody, I think, dresses because that's so obvious. You see it with your eyes. You can kind of measure that or, the, or what somebody eats or drinks or, or any of that kind of stuff. The technology stuff is a little bit more personal, right? And so when I'm thinking about technology and when I'm thinking, you know, is, is this a worldly use of technology? Can, can the Seventh-day Adventists actually use technology? And, and, and not be, quote unquote, of the world. That's an interesting conversation because, like I said, I've seen so many different perspectives and, and angles and entry points in that conversation. But I guess I'll go forward by saying this. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to reduce good living to do's and don'ts, right? I don't know that that necessarily really even means anything in the long term. Because it's really easy to say, you know, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. When I think about technology, when I think about anything, where I want to start is, well, is it helpful? And why is it helpful? Or is it 
is destroying an aspect of your life. And why is it doing that? I mean, I myself have been definitely guilty of just kind of arbitrarily saying things like, I don't drink because I'm a Christian. I've actually told people that. <laughs> actually, I used to play in a band and, and one of the one of the many ways that venues would decide to pay you is through alcohol. Here's a picture of beer plus whatever you might make at the door. And I, I remember actually telling a club owner, I was just like, oh, I don't want this. I don't drink. I'm a Christian. Mm. And that was like literally the end of the conversation. And I can only imagine what in the world was going on in that guy's head. He's just like, <laughs> who is it? So what? <laughs> Fine. I'll drink the beer for you. <laughs> Like th- there's nothing helpful. There's nothing informative. There- there's nothing about that statement that really makes a difference. The difference that I believe Jesus calls us as Christians to make in this world. So, you know, when we talk about being different, it's not just this thing that we say, or sometimes it's not even just this thing that we do. It- I think it goes further and beyond that, where it actually impacts our lives directly and the lives of the people around us for the good. That's, to me, the difference that we're supposed to make is the way that we as Christians, and I'll even go more specifically and say Seventh-day Adventist Christians, because again, that's my perspective, is the way that we're using technology actually beneficially different Mm. than the quote-unquote world, or what we may consider to be the world. And again, man, I I'm in the classroom. I'm teaching. I mean, a lot of people would say the church of the future. I would consider them the church of right now, right? But however you want to interpret that, these are kids that should they decide to stay in the church will in fact be leading our church one day. And so I'm looking at them and I'm just thinking, uh, what's going on here? Are are they going to be okay? Because <laughs> sometimes I wonder, you know. And <laughs> yeah, I'm making yeah, yeah. I'm I'm making I'm making a bit of a joke there, of course, but. There are marked differences from when I started teaching to today. And again, this is, you know, within 10 years, roughly, of the student as they come and they sit down in my classroom, as I give them activities, jobs, essentially, to do, tasks to complete, how they go about that. And this is both with technology, excuse me, with technology and without technology, but regardless of what they're using to complete the task, they are doing it as a product of a generation that has been raised largely on screen time. Mm. So I've noticed the difference. And I I mean, we can get into that a a little bit later, but I, I think this is important primarily because again, if we, if we claim to be different, if, if we claim to be not of the world, I feel like overall we're failing on that in this instance. I I feel like we're missing out on something so much better for us in our lives. You know, I I may say it later as well, but we got a lot of this screen time technology so quickly. I don't think we learned how to use it. We have no clue how to use it, how to steward it, how how to be able to manage it in a, in a helpful way in our lives. And I think, think again according to my observations and that's all i can speak from is what i've seen and experienced from what i've seen there's some stuff that i i think could be a lot better we can do better on 
No, and, and I would agree with you. I mean, you're talking about a you're talking about at least with screen time technology. Now, TVs have existed for a long time, but as far as the prevalence that they have now, that really is something that's only existed in the last ten to fifteen years. Um, and really, the iPhone is kind of what that the significant marker of that change. Um, and in ten mm. years, having that much of a change, that's huge. Uh, that is absolutely huge for things yeah. that now are pretty much required uh, <laughs> to get through the day or to, or to have a daily life. Um, they say now mm. you should buy a homeless guy or you know a homeless person uh, a cell phone more than anything else so that they can get job interviews and actually follow up on things. And <laughs> um, like it, it's become such a embedded part of our lives, a required part of our lives now. That um, but no one ever stopped and said, "Is this actually?" okay to this degree or to this well, how we're currently using it yeah and the conversation is not at all don't get me wrong i'm not saying that technology is bad and we should throw it out that would be ridiculous yeah yeah, i agree you know th- this this stuff makes life incredibly simple but i think that's kind of where we get caught up right we 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 got it it really helped us out a lot in a lot of areas but we never really stopped to question it right uh you know this is the way I, I think about it. It's like, again, we're so quick to point out things that are obviously right or wrong or good or bad or whatever it is. But doesn't the Bible tell us, isn't one of the, the, the strongest messages of, of God's word is to, hey, kind of test everything. Yeah. Like, don't just take something at face value yeah. just because it's obviously good and or obviously bad or whatever doesn't mean just stop there because Satan's probably a little bit more cunning than that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, oh, they got me again. I, I can't believe they figured that one out. It was so obvious. On oh, shame on me. One. I should try better. I <laughs> know. Oh, oh. It's like, no, of course. It's like he is. The, the stuff that's really going to mess us up is the stuff we're not going to catch at face value, right? Yeah. And so that's what I, I think about technology. I'm just like, you know, again, it's, it's not bad, but do we know what we are doing with it? And the question that I'm working on answering even right now in my own life is, do we know how to steward it? Because that to me is the goal. The goal is not to eliminate technology at all. I wouldn't think so. Screen type technology. It would be to learn how to best steward it because honestly – this conversation we're having right now is going to be pretty irrelevant and obsolete, even in a few years where technology is not something you hold anymore. You are fully integrated with it, right? Yeah, you're wearing it or it's like it's 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 implanted it's, it's in implanted, you. Literally, yeah, they've talked about the, there's um, yeah. I was listening to a different podcast where a guy was talking about his dad um, having an implanted uh, like basically an in-ear or a, um, what are they called? Um, the things that go in, hearing, hearing aid. aid, hearing aid. Thank you. Um, yeah. He had implanted hearing aids where he was calling him from the hearing aid over Bluetooth. And I'm like, yeah, what? Um, and I heard uh, that, man. That's that's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. it, it's um, it, it is becoming more real and more real. And I think, yeah, I don't think the question that you and I are asking is, is this technology good or bad? It's it's it, it more has to do with the human side of it. What are we doing with it? How are we interacting with it? How do we interact with it responsibly or more responsibly? That thing. So I, I think we're we're yeah. I, I'm with you. Like I'm not at all for getting rid of it. If I was saying get rid of technology, I guess I shouldn't host a yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> exactly, but, man. Um, but I, so I, I agree with. I very much agree with this direction. I think this is a really good and and positive direction to move in. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, 
that that's where that's where, I want to deal with the positive stuff. You know, I, I definitely want to do. I want to do stuff that's helpful. And I mean, God bless the technology, man. I mean, really, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, but let's get a little bit deeper than just picking it up and going at it, right? That's what I'm suggesting because I think that there are some things here in the conversation that maybe we're not all aware of. Maybe we don't completely understand. And I think as as that comes forward, we can look at it a little bit differently mm. and decide that maybe we can make some changes in our lives. Maybe we can encourage others, even in, in our community, in our society, even to just start making some changes. But we'll see. Gotcha. Huh? All right. So, okay. So we, we've kind of set the stage for this. We've, we've, we've set kind of what questions we're, at, we're, we're setting out to ask. Um, so, so, with with screen time technology specifically is is our kind of realm of focus. Um, what would you say the some of the main problems are that we're facing right now? One of the biggest problems, again, as I speak from my observations, but also a lot of study that I've done is is what screen time actually does to the developing brain. Mm. So. I began reading, I don't know if you've heard of John Roseman before. He's a child psychologist. I began reading some of his work not too long ago. And he's got a book called Parenting by the Book. And in the book in which he's referring to is the Bible itself. And he he's I mean, it's just great stuff. I, I read I'm not a parent personally, but I mean I work with kids every day. So I, it's like, you know, what does this have to what's going yeah. on here? What's going on? So I was reading it and it just completely changed. I don't want to say changed my life. That's a kind of a drastic thing to say, but in a lot of ways it did. I mean, it really changed the way that I think about how we as adults, parents, whoever raise kids. And he talks specifically in, in another book I found uh, from reading that primary book, he talks a little bit about television and how the introduction of television as like a household item around the mid 50s 1950s you can actually measure out and see how with the introduction of television as this household thing that suddenly you know everybody was consuming what that began to do to schools and education kids began to be a little less focused they as, as time went on, they uh, began to display traits of what we would call today ADD or ADHD or a learning disability. And those things didn't really exist prior to around the 50s, right? At least not in the fashion and to the, the, the degree, I'm sorry, that, that they do now. They just weren't there. And so Rosen was talking a little bit about this. And he says, why is that exactly? And, and he goes on to mention that he believes in, in, in a lot of the studies that we're beginning to see surface now, they're, they're suggesting that screen time and the brain, the developing brain particularly, don't get along real well. In, in fact, maybe screen time stunts development of the brain in some ways. 
And and particularly, it's it's interesting because I've I've done some of this research and I've seen some of these studies that have have popped up here and there. And you know, they're they're legit stuff. It's it's none of this fake news as far as I know. I mean, it's all peer-reviewed stuff. It's suggesting that actually because screen time is so passive, if you set down a kid with some screen time, they're going to be passively locked in their brain isn't going to have to be doing the regular exercise and growth that it needs to do to become sure to become well-developed. It's just going to be kind of, I don't know if atrophy is the right word, but it, it's, it's not doing too much because it doesn't have to do too much. The screen time, the, the media, whatever it is, is doing all the work for them. So creativity goes down the drain the research is showing us now that learning, or I'm sorry, um, that reading comprehension, that critical thinking, these are the the two, the top two things that take hits when when kids are spending a lot of time with with screens. Now, are these kids? Are these kids? And uh, it's, is this like an age group, or is this kids across the board? Is this like infants, adolescents? Um, like, is there an age range or, or is this just kids across the board? Yeah, it's kind of all of the above. I mean, the brain is developing pretty well, even into the mid twenties. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you read any of the recommendations from, from pediatrics today, they, they say basically absolutely no screen time before the age of two. And even then it's going to be kind of iffy. you don't really probably want to do that, but you know, as, as kids get older, they become a little bit more curious. They want to get the technology in their hands. And I mean, who can blame them? It's pretty amazing. It's pretty flashy. We, and, and you know, school systems have decided that this might be a good tool to use in order to educate the kids well. I've actually read some articles on that and um, we can maybe get to that a little bit later. That's being questioned as well right now. And I would have to say as an educator, I highly hmm. question it. Just given what I have seen and and even the, the degree of of addiction that's exhibited in the classroom with these particular devices. I mean, you've got kids that they can't put them down. Like in the past, I've actually told kids, look, you need to put your iPads away. You don't need them right now. You need to pay attention. Well, they have a really hard time doing that. And so even though they know that I'm going to take away their iPad, once they pull it back out, they just can't help it. They pull it yeah. back out and I just take it. And they're like, I, I'm like, why did you do that? They're like, I don't know. I just, I can't help myself. And you know, that's, that's another one of the things that we're, we're noticing about screen time in the, the developing brain is that it, it just destroys, absolutely demolishes the ability to focus for long amounts of time, extended uh, periods of time. And, and that actually, you know, I was, I was actually, it was funny. I was talking with, with uh, one of my classes at school about this and it prompted one of the girls to straight like look at me and ask Mr. Janetsko is is our generation dumb <laughs> because of all this are we dumb oh no and I, I that was such a great question because she senses something yeah. right 
She knows that there's something weird going on here. I said, I, I said, I don't think it's that you're dumb. I don't believe that at all. In fact, I believe that you all are very intelligent, that you are very capable. But you know what I think it is? If, if you have been raised in front of screens, whatever that ends up looking like, television, iPad, iPhone, whatever. I don't mean to like brand here, but no, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. That's what I use. But we're finding out more and more as the studies are, are popping up that attention span, the ability to focus is going down the tubes. And, and when you stop and you think about that, it actually makes a lot of sense. Cause let me throw this at you. Consider, you know, Mr. Rogers, right? Mr. Yeah. Rogers neighborhood. That old TV show. Yeah. yeah. So Mr. Rogers really, I don't know about that. I mean, but next, sure. to, next to you and me. <laughs> but Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I, well, I definitely <laughs> don't know about that. But Mr. Rogers is a show that, and you know, if, if, if you get the chance, try to find an episode and watch it. Compare it to the shows that are on TV right now for kids. And you'll notice at least one major thing. And that is the length, the length of screenshots. It's probably not the right word, but the, the amount of time that a camera spends on a subject before oh, the cuts. it switches yeah, yeah, the cuts. to a yeah. different angle. The cuts. There you go. Yeah, I don't do that stuff <laughs> in real life, fine. so I don't know what to think about it. But yeah, the cuts. If, 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 if you notice how often it cuts from scene to scene to scene, take a show like Mr. Rogers, it's, he can go for minutes without ever cutting to another scene. So even though it's very passive, you're sitting there and you're still having to focus on something for minutes at a time. Hmm. As time progressed, as, as television progressed, I should say, and the programming progressed, we moved away from that. And, and I think the reason is this, is because, again, based on what I've seen with some of these studies, the screen time began to really affect the brain's ability to focus for long, longer amounts of time. So in order for a television show to be relevant, the cuts had to be quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. And so now you watch, again, go to any cartoon, any, any kid's show today, and the most successful ones are constantly moving. There's always something going on, and it has to be so fast. And that's where the focus is of, of a lot of kids today, particularly – Stuff has to happen quickly. If it doesn't happen quickly, you lose them, right? You lose them. And so I told this particular young lady, I was like, look, I don't think it's that you're dumb. I don't believe that at all. But I think you may have to work harder than ever before to focus mm. on things. And I mean, when, when you consider school or any task, really, the ability to focus on one thing and to complete it, I mean, that seems like that's like a mountain for a lot of kids these days. Again, you think about ADD and ADHD, learning disabilities, all that stuff. You know, if, if we're diagnosing kids with this stuff, basically what we're saying is, look, you, you have problems with attention. Where did that come from? Why is it that this stuff kind of doesn't really exist at all before the 1950s? How come this stuff doesn't really exist in communities like, say, the Amish community, where they don't have electronics? And, and, and technology like screen time technology. Why is that? So, you know, this is some of the research I've been doing and, and it's making some sense to me. I don't know if yeah. it's right. I don't know I, if it's there's wrong. There's always the correlation sense. versus causation so, argument that comes into play. 
Um, so I get it, yeah. but, but it, I mean, it does, it yeah. does make sense. Um, and, and I'm hearing you like, I, I, I tend to be on the same page with you on it here. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. And so uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so y- you think about like, and, and probably a lot of people have heard Steve jobs quote about his technology and, and how he used it in his own household. There was a, I think a New York times article. That's what it was. New York times article that came out years ago. Uh, obviously before jobs died and it it talks in the article about how Steve jobs himself limited his children's use of basically this technology that, that he was a major part of, of innovating. Right. He, he didn't even allow them to use iPads. He sent them to what we would call a low tech school where they didn't have this screen type technology. And uh, there's actually a quote here that I can read from it. He says, uh, my kids accuse me and my wife of being fascist and overly concerned about tech. And they say none of their friends have the same rules. And these, he's talking about five children, ages ranging from six to 17. And he says this, I, I just, this is remarkable to me. He says, that's because we have seen the dangers of technology firsthand. I've seen it in myself. And I don't want to see wow. that happen to my kids. Wow. So that's something, yeah. right? Here you have like, the guy when it comes to screen time technology recently, right? Within recent history. And this guy's like, nah, I don't even let my kids have it. Okay. What does that mean? Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? That. So that's, you know, I think, yeah, no, no, I, right. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, and, and I, and I think we're seeing this all, all, along the same lines. We're seeing um, the dude that invented the like button for Facebook deleted his Facebook, I think. Um, he doesn't use it. Um, it, you know, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of these people who've created these technologies now stepping away from them in their personal lives for whatever reason. Um, and it's they, that, that, that in itself is a giant red flag in my mind, right? Like if the, if the creators of it are not wanting to adopt this themselves, then, or want to adopt it in limited fashion, then what does that say for, for us? Um, so yeah, that's huge. Yeah. But I mean, you would think <laughs> Ryan, right? You would think, you would think, but I'm not seeing yeah. it, honestly. I'm not seeing it. And, and again, I can point to myself first. I've got a lot of work to do on that stuff too. But if if if, if these minds are saying these things, if, if they're actually not just saying them, but actually doing them, that's different right there. I mean, that's the difference we're talking about, right? Steve Jobs' family, they're different. Yeah. They don't use that stuff. Why? That's the question we have to answer. Why though? Well, and I Why? look at, I mean, I, I look at even myself, right? Like I sit down, I struggle to sit down and write a sermon for church on Saturday, even if I know exactly what I want to mm-hmm. say, right? Um, I still, I manuscript out my sermons for record keeping sake and just to organize my thoughts better. Um, but I struggle to sit down and do it. I just don't want to. Um, and, and, and it seems like a mountain of a task like you described earlier. I Yeah. Um, even though hard. I know what I'm going to say, I just don't want to sit down and type for whatever. I, I exactly. have a harder time finishing books exactly. um, than I used to. Um, I have a harder time. I check my phone constantly, yeah. even though no one's texting me. Um, yeah. like, oh, did someone te- or, you know, if I have to yes. I turn my phone on airplane mode when I preach um, or when I do podcast recording mm-hmm. and I turn it immediately back on uh, to sell data when I, when I'm done and no one's texting me, but I'm looking as if someone did, um, you know, it's, it's built into me. Um, to either not be able to focus and sit down long enough to complete a long task, um, or it's built into me to constantly be checking and, and looking at my phone um, 
as if I and I and I can't not be away from my phone. The first thing I'm doing is where's my phone? That's a check. Uh, you know, where where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where did I put my phone? Um, yeah. Don't go to the bathroom without my phone. Don't go to the car without my phone. Everything is with my phone, and that's huge. Right. Like I can definitely like I can see it yeah. myself a lot. Yeah, I mean, would you be so bold as to say that? Oh, hundred percent. I think that's like an addiction. One hundred percent. You know, I'm I'm realizing mm-hmm. that addiction plays into much more than, um, I mean, relationships themselves. Um, and I know that's not necessarily screen time technology related, but one of the reasons breakups are so hard, especially mm-hmm. with yeah. within the realm of texting, um, is you you know, and, and I think we're gonna get into mm-hmm. this a little bit better. But you know, when you're texting your significant other and talking with them, every, uh, you know, every second of every day, it's a dopamine hit every time that you get that text. Um, and that's from anyone, yes, but absolutely. especially from your significant other, it, it's it's connected. So when you break up and you no longer ta- mm-hmm. are talking to them every day, every second of every day, uh, it's it literally is withdrawal. Like it it's it's not it's not the symptoms of withdrawal. Mm-hmm. It is withdrawal. Um, and I and I noticed that too when I you know I don't have my phone. I'm like, oh, I gotta have my phone on me. I'm I'm concerned about my phone. Um, it is it is 100 yeah. percent addictive behavior. Yeah, 100. percent Hmm. Yeah, it's actually interesting you mentioned the dopamine because that's another thing I've been finding. You know, what is is why why do we do these things? And it's because you hit, you hit, and you get that high, you get that rush. It lights up the brain. And the funny thing about screen time technology, and particularly like social media now, is it combines it combines things that you're already just like social social situations and interactions. Yeah, you hit right. The brain lights up. The technology, yeah, it's, it's, it's lighting up, right? You combine those things. It's like, oh, yeah, no, can't handle it. That's why you're always looking for anymore. likes. Uh, that was birthed with the MySpace picture comment, PC for PC, right? Uh, picture comment for picture comment and and um, all this. Like it, it was this thing man. of I want people to interact and like what I'm doing um, and show and reveal that they, they are liking it. Um, and it's a need. MySpace, man. MySpace knew. knows how to get you. Well, they knew how to <laughs> they, get you. They not anymore. Knew. Uh, not be- <laughs> it's too never soon. Too soon nah. when it comes to MySpace. Um, so no. I, you know, I'm I I do think it's addictive behavior, and I don't mean you know I I don't want to say that flippantly. Um, it's significant. It 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 is a significant yeah. admission, confession, N- whatever absolutely. you want to term it as. Like it's a problem that needs to be dealt with. I, you know, I'm I'm sitting here talking with you, and yeah. I kind of want to start writing out my sermons instead of typing them. Um, but I also like I actually <laughs> went out. I well, I didn't go out. I ordered them online. I ordered a pair of uh, Pixel eyeglasses that cut out blue light, um, so that when I'm looking at a computer mm. all day, my eyes yeah. aren't killing me. Or when I'm looking at a computer at night, um, right? It's not it's not giving me the same uh, light sensitivity that that tells me it's daytime. Um, getting rid of that blue light means that it's easier for me to go to sleep mm-hmm. at night. Um, and I wear I'm wearing the glasses right now as I look yeah. over the show notes and everything else. Um, you know, I've I've tailored my life to mm-hmm. looking at technology, and I think that I think that does need to change. Like I really do. Um, so that yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm with you like 100 percent on this. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you actually even just mentioned a second ago you feel like writing out sermons versus typing them there's studies coming out right now that that actually refer to the benefits of writing versus typing particularly when you are recording notes particularly when you're in a meeting or in a lecture something like that and that that stuff like it makes a lot of sense and and you can see the fruit of it as well 
I don't know. It, it just really makes me think, could all this stuff be connected? Is, is there something we need to do about this? Because again, and I'll say this about technology, technology, particularly in schools is the yeah, sexy move, it right? It's the sexy move. Yeah. I, rem- I remember, um, not giving too much detail away. I had a coworker that went out to a particular Seventh-day Adventist Academy and they had learned that we had a one-to-one iPad program and they were in awe of that. And they said to the particular individual that went to visit, they said, we're really interesting, interested in implementing a one-to-one iPad program here at our academy. I mean, what can you tell us about it? Because it just seems like such a great idea. It just seems like that's where everything's going. And my coworker was basically like, why do you want to do that? And and the answer was, it wasn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call it a good answer. <laughs> it was like, well, that's because what everybody else is doing. And it looks cool on our website to say we have a one-to-one. Yeah, it's a, it's a statistic. IPad yeah, program. Yeah, that's, yeah. 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 And, and, and my coworker was just like, you might want to more or less pump your brakes on that because we've been having a lot of problems with it. I just thought that was so interesting that again, going back to, we're not questioning this stuff. We're just looking at it and saying, Oh, it, you know, obviously we can use this. Obviously, and there, of course there are can. benefits. Like there are real it's benefits like, to having, you know, one of the greatest things for yeah. me in college was, when we had reviews for tests, a bunch of friends would make a Google Doc of the review sheets and we would share them and fill them out together mm-hmm. like collaboratively. You can't really do that with handwritten notes. Um, you know, there, there are definite mm-hmm. benefits to technology. And, and, and so you and I are definitely not trying to, to downplay that. It's just I think we're trying to ask a question that, that no. it's not being asked a lot. Um, on a personal, on an individual level. Yeah. Um, this is, these are things that you and I are personally wrestling with right now. Um, so I, man, that absolutely just, just adopting technology for the sake of adopting technology. Um, (laughs) but that's the mindset of a lot of people. Honestly, again, it's, it's kind of this cool hip thing. We all want to be relevant. So, Mm. Hey, why not use this thing? But again, I mean, just to do something because everybody else is doing it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> without, yeah, without, without, that's yeah, literally that's trying to be the same. <laughs> that's the exact opposite. But, you, but, but Ryan, we're not, we're not talking about like an awkward different here. Like again, I, I think back to Steve Jobs, he sends his kids to a low tech yeah. school. That's different, but it's not a weird, awkward, different where people can't relate to it. He's got reasons he can go through and yeah, he's tell you exactly and why that is. And then you can look at your own life. Exactly. You can look at your own life and be like, well, dang, man, I, I kind of have some problems with that. Maybe what he's saying isn't, that's not mm. so ridiculous. I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, having those conversations where, okay, it's not just about being different, but it's what are we actually doing to, to demonstrate that we have something that other people should desire. And how can we help other people in making their lives better? Their lives, the lives of their children. You know, that's that's where my brain's at yeah. right now. That's where the space no, is sure. at. Um, so we so we're talking about screen time. We we've touched a little bit on on social media and addiction. There's there's one more thing I wanted to ask about. 
um, in regards to this. And that's, that's how it, how, how it affects families. Um, you know, whether it's married couples, mm. whether it's, you know, we've mm. talked about newborns and, and, and kids being exposed to it, but, um, but how, how would you say that you, you've seen this, whether right. in yourself or in others, how do you think this has really impacted families, um, screen time and, and screen time technology? <laughs> that is a loaded question. And, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll start with, with this. I was at Chipotle, actually, Brian, I was at Chipotle, Chipotle the other day. I know. Uh, oh, well, you should. I was at Chipotle the other day, and it, it, I got there like around 1230, which is slam time for Chipotle. And the line is, of course, all the way to the door, maybe a little bit even out of the door. And so... I'm like, you know, I'll go by fast. They know what they're doing. They're experts. I'll be in and out pretty quickly anyways. As I'm sitting there in the line, and just kind of observing. I'm just trying to have some downtime because I've been teaching all morning and life is crazy. Just trying to have some downtime here. And I'm, I'm looking at, at the people in front of me in this line. And Ryan, I don't believe you're a prophet. Maybe you are. But can you tell me? Can you tell me what each and every single one of these people in front of me was they doing? Were looking as they were down at their phones. I just had a. <laughs> How did you know that, Ryan? Beard. That, 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 that's what was <laughs> happening. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because I can actually remember a time in my life where I waited in a line. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is good or bad or whatever. All I'm saying is I can remember a time where that wasn't the case. I mean, people still weren't talking to each other. It wasn't like people were super, super like friendly and all that kind of stuff. Of course not. But they were standing there just kind of looking around, waiting without doing anything. And, and I looked at that and I was thinking to myself, you know, and I actually went back to school and, and I spent some time talking with my seniors about it. I said that it made me think because when I look at that, that's, I, I remember when that wasn't the case, I have, I have a different perspective than you guys, because you guys as teenagers living in the world of right now, you've been raised on this stuff. You've been given phones by your family members, by your parents. This is what you know. This is what you do when you're in line at Chipotle and it's, it's a long line. You think you're going to be there for a while. Of course you pull out your phone. Of course you, you know, check whatever social media page or text or whatever it is that you need to check. Of course you do that. Yeah, no, no, that's I, I do it. Obviously. Because that's 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 what you know. That's what you know. And so when I think about family and technology, I start there and I say, are we in we even within our families, do we actually know anything different at this point? Or are or are we so consumed by this stuff that it is now that, even within our families, our heads down completely disengaged because if there's one thing that I believe we need to be engaged in and with, mm. it is our family. I have a very uh, high opinion of, of the creation essentially of the family. When God creates the family, it is very deliberate. It is with purpose. It is because it's so important. He knows how important it is. Everything kind of starts there. If you, do family research and studies, you see how 
broken families, families that are dysfunctional, that have had traumatic events and haven't been able to recover those, kind of what that ends up doing to kids, it's it's pretty crazy, actually. And when I think about technology and and, and how the family is currently using technology, I'm thinking, are, are we as, as such an important unit? Mm. Are we fully engaged? Or are there things within that particular unit that are essentially, I think, setting us up for failure on some level? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Maybe that's too bold to say, but again, the research when it comes to to, to families and and phones. I mean, we we could talk about kids and parents giving their kids phones, and you know, even if you don't give your kid a phone, your kid's still going to get their hands on a phone, of course. And you don't know what they're looking at. Let's be honest; you just don't. And of course, as as many good things as as many amazing things as there are out there. There's equally, if not yeah. more, horrific things that your kid is going to find. Whether eventually. they want to or not. <laughs> of course. And and that's the thing. Yeah. Like it's it's there. It's just waiting for them. And I've seen technology, I mean, even in my own life, being a, a super super divisive thing. Like even with my parents. Like I would have arguments with my parents about how ridiculous their rules were, were that I only had a half hour of back then, a half hour of TV, half hour of computer. That was it. And then I had to go and do my work or play outside or, or whatever it was. And I, you know, even that was pretty generous from, from my parents. I mean, my personal experience with technology growing up was my parents started kind of pulling, pulling back on the whole technology thing with us, the older that we got, I think that's how I remember it. At least uh, my mom actually read a lot of uh, read a lot of Roseman, John Roseman, the guy I was referring to earlier. He was writing a, a section in, in the newspaper, a little editorial in the newspaper. And, and she was reading his stuff and he talked a lot about technology and screen time technology. And so she started pulling back and I'm really glad that she did because <laughs> None of that stuff really did me any good anyways, the stuff that I was playing or watching. But instead, giving my brain actually the chance to do something active and, and to grow. So, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful and thankful that my family kind of ca- caught on to that pretty quickly. I don't know if you want to call uh, that like early adopter of. Because usually when we talk about early adopter, uh, yeah, maybe that's what it is, early adopter of stewardship. But, you know, I look back on that and I'm just like, man – Amen. Because my parents were, they were onto something there. You know, I, I think they had it right. I don't, I don't know, but I think they had it right. And, you know, I, I've even had parents come to me as a teacher. I mean, even when I first started off when I was at Forest Lake, I had a parent come up to me and, and she was just like, you know, my son, he comes home from school during lunch. He drives home during lunch to play video games and, and then he'll go back to school. He I didn't know my mom came and talked to you when you taught video games. That was Was that you? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I know it was. We never had you, enough but time. I don't know if you did that or not. That. But anyways, it, <laughs> it was Ooh. funny because she was asking me for advice, and I'm like pretty much just straight out of college at that point. I'm like, this is really bizarre. Like, I don't know. <laughs> take it away because uh, you're be a, parent a parent, and you can yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Like I said that. I, I actually said that. I said, you know, uh, lead your child because your child can't make good decisions. Of course not. <laughs> you, you, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex controls the impulses. It's not, again, fully developed till about the mid-20s. Of course, your kid's not going to make good choices. You need to help them out with that. You need to you need to help them understand. And that's something that I, I'm seeing going away in families right now is that, and I mean, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Of course I'm not. I, I'm just saying this is what I'm seeing. I think there's a correlation though there though, when you have parents that hook their kids up with stuff that we're finding out more and more as the days go on, it's probably not good for them. It's probably not what you want to place in their hands if you want them to truly be successful, if you want them to be critical thinkers. I mean, we'll we'll bring this into the realm of, of a spiritual walk. I think, you know, one, one of the things that we do very poorly at these days is, is being still, is, is putting ourselves into a state where we can meditate on Jesus. And it's because FOMO, really, right? Yeah. Everything's moved so fast these days. We're so afraid that we're going to miss out on something. And our brains have such a short attention span. I mean, how in the world are we supposed to be still in this world of today? Like, I struggle with that. You know, I, I struggle with it on a daily basis. I just move and move and move and go and go and go and go. And the technology yeah. just feeds that within me. So if you're raising kids and you're handing your kids these things, and you're trying to at the same time teach them to be still, to slow down, to listen for the voice of God. The two things really don't go together. At least I don't think they do. At least not in my experience even now. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I think when we're talking about the family, and I'll get here in a second to like my own marriage and what that looks like and some of the changes I've had to make. But, you know, talking about kids particularly, because that's, you know, Again, as a teacher, that's kind of where my focus is at. No, I think no, we've got to question yeah, yeah. it. No, I, Ryan, I'm just going to say that. I think we I agree. Need to I, you know, I look slow at down as a pastor. And, and, now, I, with two churches, I'm in the rural South, so there's not, technology is not exactly the forefront in either of my churches, mm-hmm. especially with the generations present in my churches. But here's <laughs> what I see in, in bigger churches and churches I've been in too. Yeah. You know, it used to be that you would take your kid, your one, two, three year old, to church and, um, yeah, they would be loud and disruptive, but you teach them to be quiet and be still. Um, and now you just throw a piece mm. of technology mm. in their hand. And what, what we're, what we're yes. without meaning to do, we're conditioned because just for the sake of either saving public face, saving embarrassment, whatever it is, um, we're conditioning people to say mm. or to do mm. uh, or to think that whenever they're experiencing something unpleasant, they block it out with technology. Um, whenever they're experiencing something they don't want to or bored or, yeah, anything or, or um, any, you block it out. Anything with for that you matter, fill right? That dead space with something that you find fun, um, and technology is how we do. I mean, I look at Reddit when I'm in line at places or waiting at the doctor's office because that's what I find fun. Um, it's filling dead space. The second someone stops talking at the dinner table, or you know, I we used to do this thing. Friends and I used to do this thing when we go on trips: is we would put our phones in the middle of the table, face down, um, and we would. Um, yeah. And we would say the first person to look at their phone before the checks come has to pay for everyone's meal. So obviously no one ever would look at their phone because uh, no one had the money to look at their phone <laughs> at that point. But what we found, yeah. 
I, I remember one time we went and my friend put his phone on you top broke. of we, we would do it in a stack and you were smart. You put your phone upside down so you can't see it go off. My friend forgot to change his ringer um, from mm-hmm. the flashlight. So his flashlight would go off yeah. and it was his phone was on the top so he'd see it. And we could we watched him and we would make fun of him. We tried to egg him on so we could get a free meal um, to, to look Man. at his phone. Um, and he was and you could see like almost the beads of sweat forming as he as he tried to resist. But like this was real. Like it was a real struggle that was happening. I remember feeling it, too. And my, I couldn't even see my phone going off, wondering if someone texted me or wondering if something went off or whatever. And it, it is um, we're trained. Um, we're trained to look at our phones the second that conversation dies. We're trained to look at our phones the second that we're in an environment that we don't necessarily yeah. love. Phones or whatever the technology is. Um, we block it out or we mm-hmm. and we don't learn how to be still. We learn in the exact opposite. Right. Um, so. Yeah, but I, I, again, I'm thinking like, where yeah. does that training come from? Yeah, well, exactly. It comes. Yeah, I would. Where does it come from? And, <laughs> and, you know, you and I aren't parents, so we can't exactly, you know, I'm not looking to. Yeah, no, no. And, and I'm. I, 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 have a, I have a dog. So I guess <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dog dad, but um, I, you know, so I'm not looking to like condemn parents for what they're doing. That's not at all. I don't think you're doing that either. Um, especially since like Absolutely my not. generation no. really is the test generation. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't do research on this stuff prior. Um, with a lot of the new yeah. screen type technology, mine is the guinea pig generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it, and I don't. Yeah. I don't blame parents at all for these. Yeah, so fast, like I really now in a in a in a in a while I will um, when when all of this information is made relevant and or, or made wide, <laughs> widely accessible. But in the last ten years, um, I can't be mad at a parent for doing that. Like no. I would have done the same thing. Um, I really can't. We don't. No. We didn't know. We still don't know. You and no. I are just asking questions. Um, but it's um, it's real, like it's a real exactly. issue that we're seeing the the effects of, and we're, and you and I are trying to take stabs at maybe what the causes have been. Um, but that's yeah, no, I I'm with you, hundred uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, man. I mean, I've seen it with with my friends that are parents. It, it's 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 just that simple, and they'll even make like sometimes comments like, "Well, I know I shouldn't do that, but I'm just like, yeah. well, we're all figuring it out, man." It, you know. I don't, I don't understand this and, and I don't understand your perspective as a parent, but we're noticing some things like stuff. What are we going to do with that? You know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but at the same time, I, I want the best, right? I want the best for my friends. I want the best yeah. for my friends, kids. I want the best for my students. And, and sometimes it gets a little personal. It, it, it just does. And I mentioned earlier, you know, technology itself is very personal. You know, you try to take away somebody's yeah. phone and they will flip out on you. It's like, that's no, you don't do that. You don't take away my games. I, I mean, I even remember when I was a kid, I had a Game Boy, you know, it's, <laughs> technology as that is, you know, you take away my Game Boy. I'm like, what in the world are you doing? You can't do yeah. that. That's my Game Boy. That's my stuff. So I'll, I'll say this real quick. I know we, we got to get going here on the time, but. With my marriage, I've noticed that, particularly with me and my phone, that I could spend hours on my phone sitting next to my wife. And I don't think she would mind me sharing this. And I could be completely ignoring her. We can be together and and not be together at the same time, right? My mind's completely in a different place. I'm locked in on what I'm doing on my screen. 
And I can't remember what it was. I think it was a podcast or something I was listening to. And they were talking a little bit about how um, having a phone with them all the time is just kind of this weird thing when you stop and you think about it. Because the phone is really a computer, right? And when I grew up, I mean, a phone that you would call people on was attached to the wall. And it could only go as far as that cord allowed it to go. And so if you wanted to use the phone, well, you were there. And, and there was a designated spot to use the phone. Same thing with the computer. If I wanted to go and use a computer, even when we got the internet eventually, you know, I had to go to that particular location. And then when I got up and I left, my mind and my focus was on other things, whether that be my homework or whether that be people, my parents, my friends, my brother, whatever the case was, that thing wasn't right there to nag me, right? And so I started just kind of as an experiment, I started trying to be still with my phone and trying to actually treat it like it was that phone attached to a wall. Like it was that huge block of computer that I used to use when I was a kid that I couldn't move from point A to point B B easily at all. And so I would just leave it in my office and, you know, wherever I went, I knew that's where it was. And Whatever came across it, I would check it out when I got there. And my wife, it was so funny. She noticed the change instantly. I didn't get it at first, but she actually said, she said, since you've been leaving your phone in your office, I've noticed that you are more talkative. You have conversations with me. I noticed that you are more helpful. She, I, I don't even remember doing this, but she said, I actually went to the kitchen <laughs> and did the dishes, which is something I hate to do. I, I, I never do it, but I went and I did the dishes and she was just like, so imp- I know this sounds, hor- I'm sound like a horrible husband. Well, it was like so little things. Yeah, I yeah no, no, I, I, right? I get it. Um, <laughs> I wish I had someone to surprise me by doing the dishes. Um, especially right now. But, that, <laughs> but that, it's okay. Oh, ugh, sorry, Ryan. But that really made me, th- that really made me think like, I didn't even think I was doing anything, but is that the hold mm-hmm. that, that my technology has on me? That when it's not with me, I'm actually a better person. And that's just for me personally. Maybe you're not that way. I don't know. But I can testify as a person that's actually done this, that that worked. Now, I got to admit, I've gone away from that at this point. And I'm trying to get back into treating my phone like that huge computer, like that thing attached to the wall. It's going to free me up. I know it is because I've experienced it before. And and that. In, in that instance, I was just like, this is what this is what it's supposed to be. This is what this relationship is supposed to be. I'm not distracted by these things that honestly, and, and we all know that the stuff that we spend our, yeah. our time with when we pull out our phone, right? I'm going to say that a very, very small percentage of the things I spend my time with is even like helpful at all. <laughs> it's mostly just it's entertainment stuff that it, it's just ridiculous. It's just, yeah. it's just stuff that I don't need in my life. I mean, I, I definitely don't need as much as I, as I need a great marriage. <laughs> so, you know, talking about the family, I, because I think our church value, I hope our church values the family as much as I believe it, it should. And, and from what I've seen and talk with people, they, they want to value it. I, I, I just feel that we need to really, be careful and guard ourselves well, particularly with this thing that, again, can seem so beneficial, can seem so helpful and good. Is it 
completely that thing or do we need to figure out a little bit better how to yeah. use it so we are only using it for those things and making sure that we are really protecting ourselves from something that I think is a bit can be a little bit sinister honestly the stuff that slips underneath the radar we don't even know and it begins to change us slowly but surely and I, I don't yeah, want to see that I, think, I don't want to you, know, you, you said you anybody. used the phrase better person I think I would I would actually change it and I would say um, I think it makes you a more present person um and, and I think, um, I think it just makes you more present, more intentional you about interactions. Yep. Otherwise, I mean, I look at, I look at my phone. I mean, granted, I live alone. There's not exactly a lot of family for me to talk to right here, right now, in person. Um, but I look at my phone, man. I've got games on there where, on one game, I'm on like level 390, and on another game, I'm on level like 120, and another game, I'm on level 400. And it's like, how much time did it take to pass 400 levels in two different games? Um, and a hundred more in another, like that's, it's, there's so much that yeah. I'm being present with my phone I and mean, I'm not being present in the relationships in my life. Yeah. I, I, and, and maybe to a degree that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's even necessarily a bad thing. The only time that yeah, I may, yeah, yeah. cause yeah. we all spend our time doing something, right? Something that we enjoy. If it's, if it's not a game, it's, it's something else. It's all, we all, and that's we okay have to, to have. Yeah. Frivolous. Right. But it, and maybe that's okay. But again, is it good for me? Is it good for my relationships? Like you were saying, is it good for my community? Am, am I becoming, like you said, I love that term, a more present person where I can actually be aware of the things happening happening around me? Because that is, I mean, good grief, the Christian's got to be present. If the Christian is not present, <laughs> Yeah, Jesus himself, present. He is so, yeah. he's like the epitome of being present. That's what I want to be, man. That's what I want to be. If if I'm not that thing and there's something in my life that's taking me away from that. So, yeah. Okay, so we, I, have to I think we've it. asked a lot of good questions. I think we've had a lot of good conversation. Um, so, you know, as, as, as we kind of wind down here, what do you, what would you have as some practical suggestions maybe that people could, um, could, could either start doing or, or potentially just think about doing. I know the first one is asking the question, is this as good for me as I think it is? I, you know, I think that's, it starts there. Um, but, <laughs> but what would you say are maybe some suggestions um, that you yeah. would have? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is difficult. I can only speak again from my observation, from my experience. I can only recommend something to some because I don't have any solutions, but I do have some thoughts. You know, I do have some ideas. And what's worked for me is again, how should I say this? Kind of creating compartments in my life where this thing is for this mm. and it stays here and I use it only when I'm there. And then when I, when I leave that place, that even that physical place, then it, it's not around to own me anymore. If that makes any sense. Like, honestly, I kind of see it like as the Sabbath, you know, you are purposefully and deliberately setting aside something for your benefit, your walk with God, for your walk with other people, for, for fellowship, for service. And you do it deliberately, like you have to be deliberate about it. And that's one of the things that all of us struggle with, I think, particularly now, because there is so much stuff going on, just being deliberate enough to slow down and to say, this thing is going to stay here, whether that's 
physically or metaphorically or, or whatever it looks like in your life. For me, it had to be a physical thing. It's going to have to be a physical thing. I will, I can't have that thing near me if I'm actually going to make a change or a difference in my life, right? I know that. So, you know, being honest with yourself and, and actually being able to sit down and evaluate, I know self-evaluation is usually like the worst form of evaluation, but if, if you can be honest with yourself and say, okay, yeah, I, I really actually don't like that I spend this much time on that. that. I think that's the first step. And then from that point on, I think it's like a, it's all about education, right? It, it like, well, okay, how do I do this? Practically, how do I do this? And, and I mentioned this earlier, but why should I do this? How will I be a better person? How will my relationships be better? How will my walk with God be better because of this thing that I'm doing? If I can understand that and I can explain that at yeah, the drop both, of a both hat. Work. I think both work, but yeah. Drop of a dime? What is it? Drop of a hat, right? Yeah. Oh, ooh, okay. Then I'm right twice. Then that's that's something because I'm always impressed by people that even if they if, if I completely disagree with them on something, they can just rattle off, boom. They can tell me why they believe what they believe and why that's good enough for them. Again, I can completely disagree with them. I'm just like, yeah, there uh, are times I'm afraid cool. to disagree you know with someone is, because so. I know they're more well-versed right. in the subject I love than that. I am. And, and, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, <laughs> But it's not even, but it's not even yeah, that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just like, I've done this in my life and it works. It's good. I know we're all looking for good things. You know, buy into it. Uh, buying's huge, man. It, it's huge because, you know, if you if you try to make a change and you're not sold on it, if you're trying to make a change in your community, your community's not sold on it, or your school or, or church or whatever it is. Mm. I mean, yeah, as a pastor, you should know buying's huge, right? You, you got to get people sold, and and how you do that, I think, again, kind of goes back to that education. Actually, being able to well describe how either giving up something or or bringing on something or stewarding something or whatever it is, how that is actually going to make a real difference in their life. Not this superficial thing that's just like not even really a thing <laughs> that we use to divide each other up, but something that actually makes a difference, something that people are going to look at and say, I can, mm. what is different about you? That's, I love that question. When somebody asked me why, you know, how... How can I be not how can I be like you, Janetsko? But it's like, I want what you have. I mean, that's that's awesome. I love that. Because there's so many people out there that that are that are involved in things. They have no clue the extent of damage that can be done, right? That, but they're in it. They're in it and they don't know. They just know that there is something better. And there are people out there that are exercising those those better lives, those abundant lives that I believe Jesus talks about, you know, having an actual good. Yeah, yeah life this is what they just didn't die for this <laughs> that you can like destroy you know, think, somebody on twitter me, like um, come on <laughs> you know one thing i'm gonna start doing i think i'm gonna buy an alarm clock um and and get my phone out of my room at night um and mm. um wake up with an actual alarm clock and so because that's mm. how i justify having my phone next to my bed is i use it as my alarm um but, yeah yeah no for real um that's but a whole I, other conversation no, I think, I think right that's there a step. I'm, gonna, I'm, you know, I'm looking at myself through the, the framework and the lens of this conversation and, and screen time and you know i think that's going to be a big one is is compartmentalizing my phone use and in, in how i use it and where where i keep it throughout the day which is going to be painful for a while yeah <laughs> uh, until i get used to it. and 
And you, and you know what? That's, that's where I think we can all do a better job at creating a good support system. And, and I think that, you know, even if the church isn't coming in at like education and creating buying and stuff like that, which I hope that it does. It's my intent, even here in the Dayton area, to start getting that conversation going and present some stuff that we're finding. But if nothing else, create some kind of support system where, you know, we're modeling good technology and screen time stewardship. We're creating a a culture where it's actually okay not to have your phone with you, where it's actually okay to slow down. I I think that's huge. I think that's huge when you've got someone else that's there for you to make sure that you're doing the good things in life, right? Accountability, yeah. When you got that buddy or whoever it is, or or again, that church or that that congregation, that accountability partner, whatever it it may be, because then then you don't feel alone. You don't feel alone. And and, and Mm. that's, that's big time. So I'd like to see that, you know, again, is that a solution? I, I know it's been a solution in other cases. Yeah, well, maybe this um, is. Justin, thanks so much for coming on. Do you have uh, Do you have any final thoughts? Anything that you want to kind of close with uh, before we before we end this interview? I mean, I, I with everything, I would just encourage people to keep an open mind. I mean, it's it's not an easy conversation again because it is so personal. People become quite offended. Sometimes when you talk to them about how much they use their technology and how they use their technology, I've been, you know, on the receiving end of some of that commentary. (laughs) And uh, I've been like, well, you know, forget you, dude. But if, if, if I'm slow to speak, (laughs) quick to listen, that has changed my perception of of screen time technology. It's changed my perception of a lot of things, but I'm listening, you know, I'm listening now. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open. I'm, I'm, I'm having conversations, uh, even at school with the kids. And, and it's so interesting. Like they, they all sense it. They all sense it. It's, it's really funny because, um, this year, and I did this, uh, last year in, in Atlanta where I taught, but this year here at spring Valley, we've, um, gone to a no cell phone policy. And so we've actually, we take the kids' cell phones, and at the end of the day, they're returned to them. And, you know, it's it's so interesting to hear them talk about that. And, of course, you got people that, are, that hate that. They're like, well, I wish I had my phone. I was like, oh, yeah. But then you got some other kids that are on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're just like, I feel liberated. Things are different when I don't have my phone. And you mentioned being present. That's one of the things that that they're able to say. You know, I'm noticing things I haven't noticed before. I I do feel more present, and so you know, just 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 to keep an open mind on that kind of stuff, because you've you've got, like I said, actual students in our in our church schools that are kind of in a way having to be forced to have an open mind, but still, some of their attitudes is just like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and learn from this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna see what's at the end of this, because if we're doing this for a real reason that that actually makes a difference a real difference that's beneficial and good then i'm going to wait this out and see i'm going to go on the journey and i think so far we're we're seeing some really wonderful things happen because you know we we made a decision yeah to embark on this journey you know 
So, you know, it, just being open-minded, just listening, just not assuming that you have all the answers or that even life is going to be horrible yeah. if you end up changing some things. Uh, I agree. Some habits uh, I definitely right agree. Now. So thank, thanks. Thanks, Justin, for sharing that. And hey, um, you, you, you don't hear this yet. Uh, you will when the episode goes live. Yeah, but man. Thank you for uh, Absurdity's new music. Uh, <laughs> uh, super excited to have that out. So that that actually is. Oh is, yeah, man. Going to be uh, revealed and 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 released with this episode. So um, super excited. So thank you so much for that. Um, thank you for for sharing your life and and, nice. and your journey with this topic. Uh, and man, I look forward to having you back on soon for for whatever else we want to talk about. Maybe a mm-hmm. part two to this. I don't know, but um, we'll figure something out. I want I want to have you back on sometime. Um, so thanks, dude. I'd I'd love to I'd love to spend like a whole episode on just social. Oh media yeah, alone. no, there, I yeah, and, and so I, many. We could do a whole series on it. To be that. honest, I know uh, listeners would be like, stop telling me not to use Facebook. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. Absolutely, um, but you're right. Social media is its own monster. It's a it's a beast all of its own. So I um I yeah um looking forward to having you back on, man. But take care. Thanks so much for yeah. uh, for coming yeah. on. Yeah, man, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation about screen time technology and, and how we've technology, how we've let technology kind of just creep up on us and, and what that means about how we should steward it better, how we should treat it better in our lives. And I think whether you're a person of faith or not, I think there are some valid points here that are worth considering just from a habitual and addiction standpoint, um, objectively speaking there. So definitely take a look at it, um, look into your own life and see, Hey, how can I use technology better? I do want to let you know, it'll be in the outro of every single episode from here on out, so you'll be able to skip it if you want, doesn't matter. Um, but we do have the Patreon, and I didn't give you the URL earlier, but it is patreon.com slash absurditypodcast. So if you head over there, you can get all the information you need to become a subscriber, and thank you so much if you do. I really, really, really appreciate it. Every single dollar helps. So thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity. You can find us on iTunes, any kind of podcatcher app that you listen to or use. You can find us there. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave a review. Uh, All reviews help me out a ton, uh, give me visibility, and otherwise you can just search Absurdity and you will find uh, this podcast. So thanks guys so much for listening, and I will see you next week.